So we're going to talk LeBron coming up. LeBron over the weekend proving that he is untouchable. Um, you know, the NBA can't do anything to him, and he knows it. So he can do whatever he really, literally wants, and he can get away with it. I bet he could pull uh, the opening scene from Last Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah. And nothing would happen to him. Nothing. nothing but LeBron, <laughs> LeBron could go slap a referee, and they'd be like, oh, thank you, sir. Could I have another? So <laughs> let me turn the other cheek. Yeah. With the Lakers series obviously playing the Suns, and the Suns are a good young team, and then they have some veteran leadership with CP3. Mm-hmm. What happens when all of a sudden the Suns are in position to win this series? Uh, they're going to tank hard. There's going to be a lot of... Guaranteed. Uh, it's going to be like the Bucks against the 76ers in the Eastern Conference they, Finals. The NBA gave them one win, and now it's going to be tilted so far the other way. You're going to know something's up, and the Lakers will advance to the next round. Charles Barkley has some good comments on LeBron James I want to get to. So we're going to talk the NBA as a whole. That's terrible. That's just terrible. Uh, essentially that, um, I'll just give you a little snippet. The NBA lacks balls when it comes to LeBron James, and I'm not talking basketballs. Now I'm talking cojones. You'll, you'll have the, the same people who'll be like, well, MJ never got called for fouls. Well, I mean. This isn't that, even a foul thing either. This is a. Yeah, this is just. I mean, that goes into it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, some would say that Michael Jordan was suspended for a year. Some would say that. Some would say. They just, uh, you Someone know, some go play some baseball. He just needed to retire. Yeah, interesting. And needed a break. Yeah, yeah need a break. Yeah. So very, very intriguing stuff coming out of the NBA of what certain people can do and certain people cannot do because it's pretty wild uh, what uh, the NBA will cater to. And I get it. Here's the thing is LeBron James. I understand it. That's your cash cow. That's the guy that makes you the most amount of money. So I understand. But still, Charles Barkley – and we'll tell you what it is coming up here. It does not have the balls. And I'm not talking basketballs. This is suspend LeBron James. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Charles Barkley. I can't I can't play the full comments because he swears. And the FCC will find me for that. I haven't edited it out yet. So it's kind of like the uh, CC Sabathia rant? Yes. I never I never could play that because it would have taken like an hour just to edit it. So Charles Barkley You'll have that. says... The NBA ain't got no effing balls to suspend LeBron James. I'm like, well, what did LeBron do? Well, the Los Angeles Lakers star violated the league's COVID-19 protocols when he attended his own tequila event earlier last week. You know, there was like, there's all kinds of people there. Drake, uh, insert any A-list celebrity. They were there at an outside event, um, you know, for LeBron James and this tequila. So this broke all of the NBA coronavirus protocols. It, it broke all of them. And NBA uh, Commissioner Adam Silver said that they're not going to be suspending LeBron James for doing so. LeBron James literally broke the COVID-19 protocols. And it's clear what would happen. You would be suspended. I don't even know if he cleared it with the league. He just did it. Which, listen, I get it. It's LeBron James. He's your cash cow. He's the guy that does this. Also, it's an event that's outside. Like, I understand. Like, I get it. I'm all for having events. Like, I would I would be there if I was, you know, an A-list celebrity or invited from LeBron. I would gladly go. But the fact that the NBA has these protocols and then will suspend some low-level guy that you never really heard of before but won't suspend LeBron James is kind of kind of laughable. I did like the people who uh, said, well, James Harden did this earlier in the year, and he never got suspended. Well, he was holding out and never was 
with the team uh, uh, in Houston. So yeah, and he had to really test like did, seven times yeah, before getting and, back in and the he facilities. Really, so it really didn't happen to him because he wasn't breaking any rules because at the time he wasn't participating. Yeah, he wasn't. And then to get back into the facilities when he was with the Rockets, he had to test. I'm I'm not even kidding. It was seven times he had to test negative before they had let him in. LeBron James, though, goes out there, violated the NBA's COVID-19 health and safety protocols by attending this tequila promotional event, and then obviously nothing happened to him. Charles Barkley comes out and says, the NBA ain't got no balls to suspend LeBron James. Zero. The NBA ain't got no chance of suspending LeBron. If it was a nobody, they would put him in health and safety protocols and suspend him. But ain't no effing way LeBron James is going to be sitting out because of health and safety protocols. And he was exactly right. Who was the guy who got... And Charles said, LeBron James is playing Sunday, guaranteed. Who was the guy who... uh, I don't remember his name. He was something like... Yeah, but he's out 10 to 14 days. Yes. I don't even remember the guy's name that got suspended because he he broke COVID-19 protocols too, and he's out 10 to 14 days. And I did like half of the responses that are like, you're acting like these are the same people. I'm like, they're supposed to be treated the same. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you tell me there's no star treatment and yet this kind of stuff happens, it leads me to believe your league is a joke. I mean, there's already a limit to the NBA I can watch because it is becoming like soccer in terms of flopping yeah, and in terms of skill set going away um, and just basketball I don't want to watch. Um, and this kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, we have rules, but they don't apply to everybody is so asinine that it makes people like us who aren't in it and, and things like that wonder why do you even have the rules in the first place? Exactly. Now? Or what about what about head injury rules where LeBron James oh. was talking about yeah. how he was playing seeing three different rims and he shot for the middle one, obviously made the shot and they beat Golden State. Should be in concussion but protocol. Then, exactly. Yeah. If you were really doing that and you were feeling the type of ways that he said he was feeling, you should be in concussion protocol and you shouldn't even have been playing against the Suns. Correct. Correct. So, but we all know he's full of BS, so yep. he played. So the funny thing about all I'll, of this... I'll embellish it a little. Uh, I broke my leg, but I decided to keep playing. Well, I found this. I saw this funny meme. Um, it was time spent on the ground after injury. So it was the New York Mets player who got the 94-mile-per-hour fastball to his face. They, timed, they went back and timed all of this. Uh, he spent 36 seconds on the ground after getting hit in the face by a 94-mile-per-hour fastball. <laughs> And there he is with a picture of his, like his eyes all black, his nose all puffy and you know, purple and blue and red, yeah. and he got a little little tissue in there to yeah, stop the too. bleeding. <laughs> Thirty six seconds on the ground after getting hit in the head with a ninety four mile per hour fastball. And then they have a picture of Joe Burrow on the ground after tearing his ACL and MCL and suffering out other knee damage. He spent seventy eight seconds on the ground. They timed it after he was tackled, tearing <laughs> his ACL, MCL, and other knee damage. LeBron James, after a quote unquote getting poked in the eye, quote unquote. 80 seconds. <laughs> and then he went and hit the game winner. Yeah, it's like at this point, LeBron is just soft. Oh, I, I did like, I think I know the tweet you're talking about. And then one of the first things was, well, who's playing the next day? Well, okay. 
You got hit in the face with a 94-mile-per-hour fastball with probably a broken nose and maybe a broken occipital bone, yeah. and you think you're getting out there the next day? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going for how much he milked a poke in the eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Sure. So, like, you go over to the UFC. Some of those guys, they get, yeah, they get, like, five minutes to, like, have their head cleared, but some of them are just like, yeah, I'm good. Let's yeah. go. It's, or, it's or you have when you're talking about UFC guys, you have where a guy gets poked in the eye so bad that they have to stop the fight, yet they're upset that their doctor's stopping the fight. Yeah. And we're talking about like uh torn like retinas and, and stuff like that. Or I forget the guy's uh name, but a hockey player many years ago literally and I'm not kidding, literally died on the ice. And then was brought back to life on the bench. I'm not kidding. He died on the ice in NHL. Brought back to life. And when he was brought back to life, he asked if he could go back in. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah, and you hear some of those lower, he asked to go back in the lower body no. injuries. And there was a guy who played with a like a fracture in his in his leg. It's insane. And like you have that, and then you have guys like I got poked in the eye. So seeing three. So and one other thing about LeBron James here and this and the NBA and the league. I get it. Like, listen, I get it. It's LeBron James. I understand why the NBA would want to play. That's the cash cow. I understand this. But also, why set up these rules? Rules for thee, but not for me. As LeBron James had this tequila promotional event, and here's the here's the here's the craziest thing about it all. LeBron James obviously was not suspended. He played yesterday for violations when it comes to the event he had. So they say they said this in regards to the event that it wasn't considered a threat level of a virus spreader, which what I don't I would go, I don't give a crap. The this is the Adrian Wojnarowski said LeBron James won't be suspended for protocols violations. Nature of the event didn't rise to a threat level of a virus spreader. Threat level midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and also to the um event that he had LeBron's health and safety violation will not affect this week, and the nature of the event was outdoors, and there was testing and a vaccine requirement, plus no known exposure. But here's the flip side to the no to no, the vaccine yeah. requirement. What's the... LeBron James is not vaccinated, and that, that and that's his choice. Like I'm not complaining against well, that. Well, if if there was that requirement there, he shouldn't be able to go, right? That's what I'm saying. All right, now what's the NBA's rule on the whatever they're calling this? Do we have that anywhere for the verbiage in that? Because yeah, this was reported from well, Old there was No, 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 a... but, I, you know, like, there's the NBA's explanation, but what's the actual rule? Oh, I'll find it for you. Yeah, I, that's an honest question. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'll find it for you. I heard Lou Williams piped up from the from the corner and is like, well, can I still go out and get my wings from the strip club? Does that, <laughs> does that break anything? He broke the bubble to go get the best wings he's ever had. So, and then Johnny Manziel <laughs> confirmed that those correct. are the best chicken wings at a strip club. <laughs> go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Nathan up in Toronto. Hey, what's up, brother? You know, yeah, it could be worse. It could be like Kurt Angle and you win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Dude, I know. What a soldier. <laughs> but, I mean, I just... I can't stand LeBron James, but I mean the baby treatment that goes all the way. I mean, you look at the NFL; you can't breathe on Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers without a yeah. flag. But you can lay Taysom Hill out, and the referee will look at him and be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you're totally right, man. It's it's funny because when you are the ultimate star like that, you literally you could you could go slap you know your commissioner's grandmother, and he would say, "Oh, can can you do it again?" That was nice. Like it doesn't matter what you do if you're a superstar. 
I mean, the league doesn't even care about their rules. They care about what brings in the money. And, I mean, any any big billion-dollar yeah. company is going to be like that, too. I mean, if, if you're looking at this stuff like Howard Stern got away with that, you wouldn't. Oh, you don't bring sure. in the money he does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, l- listen, I get it. Uh, if I was in the commissioner's position, I don't think I'd suspend a LeBron either. Oh, so, no. I mean, that doesn't mean I can't stand the guy. Sa- yeah, but. same. I feel I'm right there with you, my man. Yeah. You said you're, it's Nathan, right, from Shano, you said? Yeah. So, dude, are we a Brewer? Like, I think it's your first time calling in. Are we a Brewers fan? Are we a Packer fan? What are we? Um, I think I called in like once. I know I tweeted and invited you to come up to Luigi's. But, oh, uh, that's you? What's up, dude? I got to do that. Uh, so I just saw on Facebook over the past weekend that, that teabag from uh, Prison Break. Yeah. He was at Luigi's. So, what? I mean, you know, if a star like him could come, I mean, an A-lister like you'll be here. All right, here's the thing, Nathan. I'm coming then, man. I'm coming. I'm letting you know when I'm coming, and I'm going to try to get LeBron to come with us, okay? All right, maybe we can uh, have a little outdoor event so we can have a couple other guys around. <laughs> you got it, man. Thanks for calling in. And tell Luigi right. we're coming and hell's coming with. All right. All right see you, brother. That's funny, dude. Yeah, here's the thing. Listen, if I'm the commissioner in this situation, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be hypocritical here. I don't think I'd suspend LeBron James. I, I get it. Rowdy, I'm, you're probably different, but. I'm suspending him. RJ? Yeah, I mean, if there's a clear rule out there, and like I said, we don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh you're suspended. That's that's wild. I understand why they didn't, but at the same time, why make the rules then? Well, because I'm sure. Okay, if he gets suspended, how long do they really think that suspension would be? A game? How well, unless it's ten to fourteen days, like the other guy. Yeah. Then if it's, it's ten to fourteen games? games, now you play a game. What one every two to three days? Because for some reason, the NBA has got to take forever Man, to play these series. You go game off day game. Two off days for travel, game. So you're at three. In yeah, 10 but days. some of those series they're even pushed back longer. Oh, that's true. Because uh, there was a lot of games that played on Saturday, but yeah. only two teams are playing today, or that's, two games yeah. are playing today. And I and I like it. And you have the NHL. Some of those first round matchups are already done. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to find the exact rules for you here, RJ. Let's see. It was a, it's a violation of the agreed upon protocols, and as we have already in other comparable instances around the league, it's been addressed with the team. Yada yada yada. According to league protocols, players who fail to comply with rules are subject to warnings, fines, or suspensions. Players who repeatedly break the rules could be subject to even more severe discipline. Warnings. All I think of is uh, dodgeball, where he shakes the little tassel at him. That's a warning. That's a warning. That's oh, a warning. Come on. We're sweating like three pigs out here. here. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. LeBron James showing, uh, we already knew this, though, that he is above any rules of the NBA, as he can do literally whatever he wants and still play. But if you're a lower-level guy with no name, you will be suspended 10 to 14 days for violating league rules. Oh, do you think he went to the the council and Chuck Norris gave him a thumbs up to play? I think Adam Silver's just like, LeBron, you're going to make me look like an a-hole for a couple weeks here. Yeah. You can play. I'll take the heat for a little bit, and then we'll forget about it. He's a real players commissioner. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're a no-name guy. Yeah. Then you're you're suspended. Unless I've never heard of you, and then, is that guy even still in the league? Who's that guy? Suspend him. How much does he bring into the league? Oh. Nothing? Oh. Yeah, he's suspended. The Milwaukee Brewers, yes, got their series win over the Cincinnati Reds. They're at 500 again, which is very nice. Better than being below it. So, Rowdy, something else that happened, and it was Friday. Of course, happens after we're off the air, but this was uh, well after we were off the air. 
I was already at home pouring my first Brandy Manhattan of the early evening. And it came down the wire. Brewers trade two relievers to Tampa Bay for a shortstop and a right-handed pitcher. So the Brewers uh, sent away J.P. Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen in exchange for a shortstop, Willie Adamas, and right-handed pitcher Trevor Richards. Now, what's the skinny rowdy uh, about? You know the, what what your opinion is on this trade? Well, I'm curious. Fireisen and Rasmussen. I'm I'm curious what you thought when you saw the trade because I saw a lot of backlash right away. Well, I thought for a second, I'm like, wow, are you really giving up on Luis Urias just like that? I know he's had some mental errors and some mistakes. So it was, at first it was, all right, hang on, I just got to toss two people on hold. You guys stay on hold right there. I'll get to you in a second. When I first saw it, Rowdy, then I had to look up uh, the batting average of Adamas because I was like, okay, what's he batting? Uh, I don't think he was brought in for his batting average, even though he did, he did pay off right away on Saturday. But I was a little confused by it because the batting average really wasn't there. But he was already, I guess, good uh, defensively, obviously. Uh, he's been up there as some of the, one of the best. But what's that spell for a couple other big names for the Brewers, especially some guys right now that are chilling down in uh See, I the think minors. the biggest thing that I saw was basically regarding around Urias and Arcia. Like, why did you make the Arcia yeah. trade? Did you already just give up on Urias already? It's, a lot of people saying that Craig, or uh, sorry, David Stearns was already like admitting fault for the Arcia trade and then believing in Luis Urias. And I looked at it probably all Friday night into early Saturday, mm-hmm. just sitting there like kind of thinking. And I, I kind of came to the opinion to go, it's kind of like the same thing when we talked about the Chicago Bears and how you're always trying to look to upgrade your quarterback position or just basically upgrade your team. Yeah. And I would say that's exactly what David Stearns did. He upgraded his team. The current status of the Milwaukee Brewers with that trade, in my opinion, they upgraded it. Now, do you think they're giving up on Luis Arias? You could say that they're giving up on him at shortstop. At shortstop, yes. But I did peel back some layers of this uh, trade. Did you? And, and I, you find some things that are interesting. Well, how about Urias hitting the dinger on, what was that, Saturday? Didn't he hit the home run? Urias did? He's yeah, like, he did. He's like, check this out. And Adamas had a hit with some RBIs. Yeah, he did yesterday too. And when I'm looking at the trade, you get Adamas, who is a plus glove, so he goes right into the same category as Arcia yep. and Urias. Now take away, take away those three games where Urias blew up. But he's a plus glove, and he's a guy that's going to hit about 255 with a little bit of pop. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're saying he's a, got a little bit of pop and he's playing at Tropicana Field, if that's still what it's called in Tampa Bay. We'll go with it. Um, that means he comes to American Family Field, and he, he's going to raise those power numbers a little bit. So he's a guy that he's only 25 years old. Yeah, He's still growing I into... I thought he was older. Yeah, he's still growing into his professional body, and he should be still growing into his professional body for the next two or three years. He's under contract as well for the next foreseeable future. And like I said, plus glove, he's going to add probably 15 to 20 home runs playing at AmFam for a full season. And you're upgrading that position from what you have right now. He he's better offensively at the major league level than Urias or Arcia has ever been. Yeah. So I mean and, he's a great defender. And he also brings you flexibility because he's played a little third base. But now when you look at Urias, why I don't think they're necessarily giving up on him yet. Well, they moved him. Is because if you look at his breakdowns by position, he's played third, he's played second, he's played shortstop. And he's played all three of those positions his entire career. Yeah. His best 
defensively, and it's not even by it's not even close. It's by far his second base. Yeah, he's got a fielding percentage at second base in his in his entire career that's over ninety eight percent. So what I'm thinking is Colton Wong's thirty one years old. Yeah, Colton Wong is not a long term solution at second base. You thinking this is the long term? I'm thinking Arias. They're going to hope that he can uh, figure out his hitting and be a more of a consistent hitter. And in two seasons, or potentially one, whatever, however is, it shakes out with Wong. Is Colton Wong a two-year deal or one year with the player option? Uh, see, that's what I'd have to go back and look. But he's for, he's for sure here for this year. And next year, I can't we'll get, remember. We'll get the resource department on it. But anyways, you're not going to re-sign Colton Wong at age 33. No. And and if you it's do, for a lot it's of not for a, yeah, and it's not going to be for a long time. So, so I think you're probably going to move Arias to second base where he's played his best defensive baseball. So how about the, on this? Friday they make that trade, right? And Luis Arias was nothing but a professional to the media, you know, you know fielding questions, uh, fielding them a lot better than he uh, was actually fielding a baseball who had nine errors already in the season. But he's fielding questions, a true professional. And then on Saturday, what do they do with Arias? They move him to second base. And with the guy, you know, wondering who's breathing down his neck, like a guy, Adamas, who's coming in. Urias right away gets the scoring going for the Brewers in the third, hits in a home run. And that starts opening the gates for the Brewers. A guy that had his back against the wall, committing a lot of errors. They just made a trade to be his potential replacement. They move him to second base, and then he responds with a stick, and he hits a dinger on Saturday. Brewers going to win 4-3. to three. And then who comes in? Adamas comes in on Sunday, and he immediately uh, shows what it is. In the first inning, You know he singles the center. And uh, he scores Garcia and Vogel back. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And okay. So going back, Wong does have two, it's two years with a third year team option. Gotcha. So most likely with how he's playing currently and his age, that's a two year contract. So there you go. Brewers making some moves. I'm curious to see what happens with the the relievers going to Tampa Bay. Well, you, you look at uh, Urias, and Urias is under contract past 2025. Willie Adamas under contract. Going uh, through 2024 season. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is, I really, when you look at the Arcia trade, you got those two arms. We've seen Patrick Weigel. He's looked all right for the Brewers. We haven't seen Sabadka yet, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you'll see him by the end of the season because they're both major league arms. Weigel's got more potential than Sabadka. But you look at the the deal that the Brewers just traded away, in the short term, it's obviously going to hurt your bullpen because JP Fireisen was your seventh inning man. Yeah. And Drew Rasmussen seemed to be a guy that in the future he could be a potential closer and or back end reliever. Yeah. But he's a guy that had you know, his only time in the big leagues was last season going into this year sporadically. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think you lost a ton in Fireisen because if what do we know about Fireisen? He's 28 years old. He's already starting to come into the peak of his career uh, where he's going to have his best uh, talent. And he's a guy that just started flashing at age 28. What happened his last three appearances? <laughs> yeah, he's he start, starting to go downhill. He he's had control issues. I think that first month and a half of uh, this season was peak J.P. Fireisen that we're ever going to see. And now he's come back down I to think reality. They, I think they sold high on J.P. Fireisen. Gotcha. And the only real loss could be uh, Drew Rasmussen years in the future. Down the road. We'll yes. see. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? What's up, boys? Mitch and Madison. Mitch and Madison. Thanks for being on hold, brother. What's happening? No, it's all good. Uh, Nelly, you convinced me, my man. At first, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to overreact. So at first, well, when the yeah. trade was made, I was like, Ugh. and uh, uh, 
Evo, when you said something else happened on Friday, I thought you were going to talk about your Fall Guys dub, baby. Oh, baby! I was saving that for best and worst <laughs> of the weekend at nine fifty. Yeah, I got a dub on the Fall Guys. Nothing, 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 nothing bad. Let's go, baby. Hey, I wanted to. Uh, it was awesome that you guys had uh, Chef Dave and uh, Tim on earlier. I just caught the tail end of it, but I wanted to plug them too. Uh, we're actually doing the uh, insurance for uh, Little John. <laughs> Hell yeah, so, dude! What a what um, an awesome concept for Little Johns. Dude, right. Well, and here's the thing: uh, when you're the best at your craft, like I mean, you guys would know. Well, yeah. Um, Come on. But when you're the best at your craft, like Chef Dave is, you, you can basically do whatever you want to do with your time. Yeah. And the fact that he is doing this and setting it up. Um, it, it's going to be successful as long as there's support, and it just shows you that he's a real he's a real one out there, you oh, know. Totally. So I just say, you know, I'm just some listener, but you know, Mitch, you're not guys. you're not just some listener. We don't think of our <laughs> listeners like that at all. We're all we're all yeah. special in the circle of trust here in the nest. All right, all right, but yeah, support support them as much as you can. I'm excited. I'm I'm actually uh, going to be going out there later on this week for a tour. So hell yeah, that will be awesome. I'm super excited for that. Uh, hey, be, yeah. be be easy on them with the premiums, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but uh, good good weekend overall. Uh, I know it just show, well. It just shows you that. All the brewers really, I mean, it's easier said than done sometimes, but the, the guys that are supposed to hit just need to hit, and the brewers are going to be super hard. It's a hard simple to beat. concept, right? You hit the ball. Yeah. And well, you not score even the like, runs. yeah, not even like these outside guys that we're not expecting much from. It's just the guys that you're paying the money to hit. If they hit, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. So, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, Mitch. Do the Bucks win tonight against the Heat in Game Two, and did the Brewers get things off going on the good foot and beat the Padres Game One? Yeah. So yeah, yes. And here, yes. Well, and I gotta, I gotta point this out too because I'm not right very often, but when I am, I gotta point it out. I think we can all agree that the big difference between, uh, or the big difference in the win for Game One for the Bucks was Drew Holiday. Oh yeah, Hands I guarantee down. you. If if that was Eric Bledsoe out there running around, we would have gotten beat by fifteen probably. How about so. how about this? Isn't it wild, Mitch? Chris Middleton makes a big shot when it matters, and you know Drew Holiday pays dividends right away in Game One. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I I love me some Middleton, and I don't I don't want to be negative at all, but man, I don't even think he saw the hoop. <laughs> oh, and Mitch tonight, more. or actually, I think it's this afternoon, Roger speaks on Kenny Main's final appearance on the Four Letter Network. Do you think we get any clarity? No. <laughs> no. Not, we're, we're getting no clarity until June 1st. June 1st is yeah. when the clarity comes. All right, brother. Good stuff, Mitch. Have a good Monday, yes, homie. Sir. All right, you too. Good stuff from Mitch. Yesterday, let us celebrate. Not only do the Brewers win, they win the series. And this also occurred. Rowdy, I'm going to dub this, even though it was already, you know, the Brewers are already, uh, you know, headed about one. But I'm going to dub this the play of the game. Pitch home. Swing and a high fly. Deep right center field. Christian Yelich, for the first time this year, has gone deep. It's 9-2 Brewers on a 3-0 pitch from Brad Brock. Christian Yelich hits number one. Uh Uh-oh, 3-0 pitch, Rowdy. Uh, we're going to get some old school managers upset over that one. Yelly homers off a 3 0 pitch. But how how did it feel to see and hear Christian Yelich finally get a home run under his belt? I mean, how mad could these managers really be? Yes, Christian Yelich swings 3 0, takes it out of the park for his first home run of the year. But, I mean, 
Craig Council allowed Alec Bettinger to pitch the bottom of the ninth. That's like, sorry. Sorry about that. Here, let, let's yeah. give us a... Sorry. We'll give you the opportunity to score some runs because we'll we'll throw a guy that's known for giving up runs. Last time, and, and last time Bettinger he, was on the mound, didn't he give up like 11? Two grand slams in, <laughs> in one game. And can we get Tough. the prospects, the top 30 prospects updated? Because how is Alec Bettinger a prospect anymore at age 26 when all he does is come in and give up runs? Um, I think we need to get that changed. We need those, to petition it to be changed. I think he's a prospect in the uh, the pitching machine league. I think he's a highly touted prospect. There's a bunch of pitching machines out there that are like, this guy is the next truth, dude. But, yeah, so Alex Benninger, yikes. Christian Yelich, though, yes. Homers for the first time this season, and I have comments from Yelly that I want to get to. Uh, Yelly talks, you know, he's hoping that these issues are behind him. If you remember correctly, he had that back injury for the longest time. MRI is coming up negative. No one really knows what was going on. Uh, they tried him a couple weeks ago on a Monday. He went two for four, then had to go back down because his back just kept flaring up. But he said he's feeling better. Here you go. That's a big part of the battle just to be able to go and be out there. You know, it's really hard to play baseball when you got to start and stop and take six-week breaks and try and start up again and just have to sit and watch and not be able to contribute. And, you know, it sucked, frankly. It hasn't been a great time, but hopefully that's behind us and can continue to be out there, you know, more regularly and try and help contribute to this team. Uh, the King says, does Andy Haynes still have a job thanks to Christian Yelich? <laughs> well, we were joking around about how Yelly hit his home run on a 3-0 count, and he actually talks about that. He says swinging on a 3-0 count, it's not something he does very often. Just the way baseball is now. You know, you take 3-0 fastball right down the middle, then they throw you 3-1 split, you roll it over to second base. You're like, well, they just figured that out the pitch before. You know, like, what what do we accomplish there? So it's not an auto swing by any, any means, but, you know, it's kind of one of those counts in baseball now where you have to be more aware and, and maybe it's not just to shut it down and, and take a strike count anymore. What What is the issue with these old-timers in the 3-0 count? Or, or, do, or do you fall under with the old timers, Rowdy? Not, no, not not on that. I fall under the unwritten rules of baseball for some of them, but that one's not one of them. That one's stupid. Rielli does talk about, though, the home run's a step in the right direction, obviously. Oh, uh, no, not really. Yeah, you know, it's just trying to hit the ball hard and just try and build off it. You know, I, just, I don't know. I was just trying to still trying to find it, and uh, I guess that was a step in the, in the right direction. But he says it's a good jumpstart his season, though. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, baseball's a hard game, so uh, you never really know uh, what the next game's going to hold, and just got to keep battling and keep grinding. Man, he didn't want, he didn't want to be very committal on anything, Rowdy. Well, if you would have told me that May 23rd would be Christian Yelich's first home run of the season, I would have been very fearful of what the Brewers' record was and what the heck had gone on. Yeah, well, right now the Brewers are 500. They're 23 and 23 on the year. Uh, above them, the Cubs are second at 24 and 22, and then the Cardinals are 26 and 20 to uh, lead the NL Central. Brewers need to f- just find a way to to make it through the rest of this month because, in my opinion, when you're looking at their their schedule, the tougher parts of the schedule were April, May, and September, and June, July, and August are a little bit easier, especially June. So yeah. uh, if they can make it through the first two months where you're telling, you're, you're telling you're us telling that there's a chance. Christian Yelich just hit his first home run at the end of month two, you're, you're talking about all of the guys that have been on the IL, mm-hmm. 18 of them to be exact at uh, different parts of the season, including some of them, the bigger names on your team. I feel like uh, 
that'll be a win. For as frustrating as the last two and a half weeks were, Winning. it would be a win. It would be a win. Uh, obviously, the Brewers starting up with the Padres tonight at American Family Field. Then they go to uh, ooh, Washington to take on the Nats. And then to start June, Nels, well, I guess the last month or last day in May, May 31st, then into June, the Tigers. And then it gets, uh, I don't know, this this seems doable, though, don't you think? I mean, you got obviously the Padres are your toughest task and the Nats, but other than that, I mean, it seems kind of doable, doesn't it? Tigers, Diamondbacks, Reds again, then Pirates, then Reds again, and then Rockies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think June's one of their easiest months. And then on the D backs again, then the Rockies again. And then the Cubs to finish out the month of June. Yeah, this so I don't know. This will be good for the Brewers. I think, uh, I don't know. I think winning that series against the Reds obviously is a good thing, no doubt. But I think with Yelly homering, you got this new addition of Adamas in here now uh, who already was producing on Sunday. The Brewers, they, maybe this got a little life injected into them. Bucks get a win Saturday over the Miami Heat. Yes, sir. It was uh, quite the experience watching the Bucks Heat Game One. The Milwaukee Bucks and the three-point line was like oil and water; it just didn't mix. As the Bucks, or the or the charity stripe as well, dude. The Milwaukee Bucks, are you ready for this? Shot sixteen point one percent from beyond the arc. 16.1%. The Miami Heat were 40 for 50 from beyond the arc. Um, okay. Uh, let me take that back, actually. The Miami Heat, Rowdy, were uh, shot 15 better. The Heat made 15 more three-pointers than the Bucks, and still lost. That was the largest differential in three-point field goals made. In playoff loss, NBA history. It's wild that the Bucks were able to survive this and then not only survive their lack of shooting from beyond the arc, but also their lack of shooting from the charity stripe as the Bucks, <laughs> Yeah, the Heat were 20 for 50, 40%. The, the Bucks, though, 20... I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm mixing my numbers up. The Bucks Rowdy, from free throws, 20 for 33, that's 60.6%. Giannis Adendakumbo was 6 of 13 shooting free throws. So bad at one point that in the dying moments, the dying embers of the game when it was needed, no team ever was below or above four points in the final couple minutes and overtime. Giannis Adendakumbo at the charity stripe held on to the ball for so long that they called a violation on Giannis and did not allow him to have another free, uh, free throw attempt because of his violation. I had never, ever, ever have seen a call like that. A 10-second violation of him holding onto the ball, but Rowdy went back and counted. How many seconds did he actually hold the ball onto? Yeah, I got 13. And 13 seconds. Why does he need to hold the ball that long? Some people are like, well, come on. It's a playoff game. It's Giannis. This shouldn't be called. If it's a rule, it should be called. I don't care if it's LeBron or the dweeby guy at the end of the bench. It should be called. But why does he hold it so long? It doesn't matter. He shoots free throws at like 50%. It's tough. It is tough. In fact, down the stretch, over the last one minute, six seconds of regulation, Giannis was 2 of 5 from the charity stripe and and had that 10-second violation. 
that we were talking about. If you are a superstar, the guy making the Supermax contract, the face of the franchise, you got to be a little more clutch than that down the stretch. Chris Middleton, of all people, drills a mid-range. That's the difference. And then with a half a second left, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, excuse me, Drew Holiday with the giant block. That was awesome to see. So, uh, you know, Drew Holiday paying off dividends already for the Bucks. And I don't know what the hell is with Giannis, but that was tough to watch uh, down the stretch there. Uh, Giannis, I have comments from him. I have comments from Holiday, comments from Middleton. Did you find that spray chart yet No, I for, Giannis for Giannis shooting? Because I swear, I can't actually remember a time where I saw him knock down a shot that wasn't in the paint. I don't think I saw a jump shot that went through the hoop. It was tough. I'm looking for a spray chart. I having a hard time finding it. And I brought I brought this up earlier in the show, but I feel like it needs to be reiterated because it should be pointed right at Budenholzer and saying, "What the hell are you doing?" When you go back to the third quarter and you watch how dominant Drew Holiday was in the third quarter, he was the, he was the machine that was keeping the the oh yeah. Bucks motor going. He was the one that was scoring the basketball, playing good defense. And well, his plus minus was plus ten. Biggest and he, on the and team. he was the best on the team. Yeah. And you're looking at the third quarter and it was winding down, and all of a sudden they grab a rebound and there's like fifteen seconds left. And they dribbled across half court with about ten seconds left. And no, it's not Drew Holiday, the guy that was playing point guard pretty much the whole quarter, no, who, no. Was, who was spectacular in that no, quarter. No, no. no. He defers and passes the ball to Giannis, who then dribbles on the top of the key and then goes in and takes a deep two and then obviously bricks it. Why? <laughs> Why when there's 10 seconds left and you know that it's most likely going to be a jump shot, are you letting Giannis take the last shot? I'm sorry. I don't need him around the basketball. No. If anything, he can go sit under the hoop and no. hope for a rebound after, uh, say, Holiday misses or drives to the basket. Taking the final shot, who do you want? Giannis, Chris Middleton, or Drew Holiday then? Drew Holiday? Well, it's it's not Giannis, so I'll, I'll Giannis, never die about, with the other two. How about for you, Giannis or Chris Middleton? Middleton. Okay. That's that's no doubt. Okay, I'm just, just wondering. And, that's, and I know you don't Middle, like Middleton. Middleton could have missed that last second shot, and they could have went to another overtime. Yeah. I would still take Middleton all day because he actually can shoot the basketball. Yeah. Giannis cannot shoot the basketball. Giannis can dunk the basketball, but he can't. Shoot the basketball that well. Giannis. Giannis, 6 of 13 from the charity stripe. Hey, here's the thing, though. The Bucks. this was the worst performance by any team in the history of the NBA from beyond the arc, and they still found a way to win. I'm taking that as a positive sign, a good sign, because I don't think it could get worse than 5 for 31, 16.1%. I say that now, but watch. See, I'm, I'm like on the fence with this one, because I'm not exactly sure on how to take it, because – the Miami Heat didn't necessarily play that well either. Some of the players that you'd expect for them to play well, like Jimmy Butler. Because yeah. Jimmy Butler played one of Jimmy, the worst games. Jimmy Butler was four for 22 shooting field goals. And That's bad. Obviously, we've talked about the Bucks and their free throws and their threes. And Giannis couldn't make a shot. And Drew Holiday, for as well as he played, didn't make any threes. And they struggled. But I, I'm still on the fence on this one. If the Bucks come out in the game two at the Pfizer and play well, and and it's not like they need to win by 20 points, but a nice convincing win. Yeah. A convincing playoff win, I'll feel pretty good moving forward, but if the Heat come back and really punch the Bucks in the mouth and, and get a nice hard-fought win, mm -hmm. 
I'm going to feel a little uneasy about this series because we do know that the Miami Heat match up well against the Bucks. I would have thought that they would have uh, won game one with how it played out much easier than they did. Yes. Just because, wow, can you really shoot threes much worse? 16%? Can you re- do you, It's the NBA. How many guys shoot 60% for a game? Well, I mean, the NBA is now either you dunk the ball or you shoot three-pointers. Like, the mid-range is a dying art. Uh, obviously, he's talking Chris Middleton with the uh, the mid-range win, but Rowdy, it can't get worse than 16.1%, can it? If it does, that's <laughs> they're not winning the game. <laughs> All right, so speaking of the three-point shooting, here is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday had the best plus-minus on the court. He was plus 10. Uh, for the Miami Heat, their best plus-minus or best effective guy in the court. No, it's not the end-all, be-all, but it was uh, Adebayo. He has a uh, plus-five. Bam! So Jimmy Butler was minus eight points, Rowdy, on the plus-minus. He was the worst player on the court uh, by the plus-minus for the entire Miami Heat team. Uh, but the Bucks, man, they could not hit the broadside of a barn when it comes to shooting three-pointers. Uh, Drew Holiday says, though, that proved that they don't need threes to win. That's what we do. Um, we don't need threes to win. We do a little bit of everything. We do a lot of everything. We can shoot threes, but uh, I think paint points, uh, we do really well at getting to the free throw line, being physical in the paint. We do really well at So uh, that's kind of been our motto the, the, the whole season. And then um, the threes will fall. The, the, the threes are going to come. Well, the, the Bucks. here's the thing. The Bucks are a top five three-point shooting team in the league. So I'm thinking Saturday was an outlier, and you'll see them heat up a little bit, hopefully. From beyond the arc, uh, Drew Holiday though, he talks on. He's glad he's here. Obviously, it was the difference. So that's why the Bucks won. Come on, Andy signed. No matter the amount of minutes or whatever, time. we're we're gonna fight and we're gonna put our best foot forward every single game. So yeah, man, this is this is why I'm here. I I, I want I want to feel this moment and, and 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 the pressure and all that. So this is uh it's been it's been fun first game, but. Uh, we still got some more work to do. What, what are you saying? And I think he showed you that with obviously he signed that extension to stay in Milwaukee. Yeah. Drew Holiday is the truth. Could you imagine the Bucks in the playoffs had Eric Bledsoe? We'd be talking about the Bucks losing game one. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe. Uh, here's Drew Holiday talking about Middleton's game winner. And Middleton, there wasn't a more deserving guy. Obviously Middleton's taking a lot of heat when it comes to uh, showing up or lack thereof. In big moments, Middleton got her done. Game one for the Bucks. Here's uh, Holiday and Middleton's game winner. Hey, he makes big shots every game, uh, all game. So, I feel like for him, that type of situation is literally what he does. Um, being put in that position, that, that's why they pay him the big bucks. You know. All right, so we got this tweet here. I know the King on Twitch, Twitch.tv. My name Ebo says at the follow button. The King loves to troll. Usually, he's pretty bad at it, but this time the King actually linked something that was, you know, pretty apropos at the time. Yeah, at Rowdy underscore Razor in my Twitter account, Ebo says. And it was best field goal percentage on game tying or go-ahead field goals. And this is the final 10 seconds of the fourth quarter or overtime, last 25 possessions. Ray Allen, 6 of 12, 50%. Reggie Miller, 5 of 10, 50%. Chris Middleton, 3 for 6, that's 50%. And then big shot Rob, Robert Ory. Three for six, fifty percent. Did you? I know you got tagged in it, Rowdy. Yeah, I saw it. When you saw that, what did you think of the King? Rolled my eyes. I'm like, man, King usually sucks at trolling, but this time he actually did something that was uh, I chuckled at. So there you go. Best field goal percentage on game tying or go ahead field goals. There's Chris Middleton up there with Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, and Big Shot Rob. But now King a skewed. N- now to ask the question to King, who would he rather have take that last shot? 
<laughs> Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Chris Middleton, or Robert Ory? Yeah, rank them in order. Well, Robert Ory's got the most rings. <laughs> no, I would go Ray. I would go Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Robert Ory, then Chris Middleton. I'm I'm definitely ranking Chris Middleton last Same. because I've seen Robert Ory do it in NBA in NBA Finals. You've seen Ray Allen do it. Well, in NBA Finals and all over, and then same with Reggie Reggie Miller. You've seen him. What's the famous thing with Reggie Miller? It's telling Spike Lee to basically <laughs> to go choke. Yeah, shut up and and choke. <laughs> so I mean, come. On. It was it was a it was King actually trolling. Yeah, I know. It's a, but and it's, he still he still actually like trolled successfully. It's like the, which is rare uh, for him. You know how you can take like any little statistic, and if you take it out of context, it it can look a lot different. Like Robert Ory has seven NBA championship rings. Wouldn't you want Mr. Big Shot Rob taking it over Ray Allen or Reggie Miller? How many times did uh, Chris Middleton, was it in 2018-19 against Toronto, have open shots to potentially win or tie games and he missed? Well, yeah. I mean, you could you could go down that rabbit hole and be like, oof, ee, Christmas, Christmas. And maybe they weren't exactly uh, game winning or game tying with no time. Well, this left. is the final 10 seconds. Yeah. But he had so many big shots down the stretch of that series against Toronto yeah. where they lost four straight where he was just brick after brick after brick. But we will give credit when credit is due. Chris Middleton did get it done. He is the reason why Andrew Holiday, why the Bucks beat the Heat game one. Here is Middleton on his final shot. I'm just yeah. going to get to a spot um, where I knew I could possibly get a shot up or hit broke for a row. Um, end up getting to the spot for a shot. So just raise up and just shoot it, try to get the last one. Taking as much time off the clock as I can uh, and then live with the results afterwards. Yeah, I mean, hit it with 0.5 hey, seconds Yeah, left. like you said, got to give uh, Chris Middleton all the credit in the world. I mean, he did drill the shot. And uh, even for much as I beg on uh, Chris Middleton, I still want him taking the last shot, not Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. Also, they, I mean, they believe the Middleton. Uh, he talks about what it meant for them not to call a timeout before his game winner. He said it shows the trust that, you know, we all have one another that, you know, on the fly sometimes we don't have to call the timeout. Um, we can execute our sets. Everybody get their spots and, you know, get the best shot out of it. We're working out all the time during our practices and um, finally came true. So there you go. Good for Chris Middleton. I mean, there's a guy that's taking a lot of heat, obviously, so it's nice to see him do it in game one. But if he's called upon in game two, Game three, game four, game five, game six, hell, game seven. I hope he can do it then as well. Giannis Dendekumbo, he talks, says it's just one game. He's going to stay even keeled. There's going to be times that good things are going to happen. There's going to be times bad things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, my motto is don't ask, don't expect, don't, don't beg. Just keep playing the game. And that's what I try to do tonight. And that's what I'm going to keep doing moving forward. Don't, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Just one, It was one game. And now we just got to lock in, see what we did well today, see what we did not do well, and try to lock in for the second game. Well, here's what you didn't do well. Shoot three-pointers and shoot from the charity stripe. In fact, Giannis held up onto the ball so long up for a free throw that he got called for a 10-second violation. This is what, and I know people say this constantly, I never understand how professional athletes or even college basketball players can brick Free throw after free throw after free throw after free throw. Rowdy, growing up as a kid, what's the one thing you practice the most? Wouldn't it be free throws? Every time you're in the gym, you always go to the charity stripe, hit a couple, do this, do that, hit a couple. I never understand how people, players, especially when they get to be professionals, can't hit free throws. It's so mind-numbing. Do they have a sports science on that? Because, my God, they should if they don't. 
Never uh, understood if they it. They did. I didn't see that one. Never understood it. Giannis. Oh my God. Six of thirteen from well, the charity Well, that's why strip. I said it earlier. It's I don't think the Bucks are ever going to win an NBA championship unless Chris Middleton becomes godly, where he 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 goes unconscious for like a series if they made it to the NBA Finals, or if Giannis somehow develops a shot. We've been waiting on it forever and ever. Remember how a couple years ago you're you're like, well, he's still young, and I'm like, he's my age. By the time we're already 25, 26, like you gotta already have that shot. Back to back MVP. Who develops a shot at age 30? He's back to back MVP though, Rodney. Great, he didn't win any championships. <laughs> yeah. He's still a good player, though. But, yes, if you could just get that shot, you know, worked out. Well, that's the honest game. He's going to bully you to the rim and then dunk on you. That's his game. Will he ever develop a shot? Probably not. It's like you're, it's like you got the quarterback that's got a huge a arm. good shot. How can you not develop a free throw shoot, though? It's shot. a quarterback that's got a huge arm, but you need him to work on his accuracy. It's like, oh, by the time he's 30, he's going to have this accuracy dialed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he doesn't have it at age 28, he's never going to have it. All right, Bucks game two. What do you think of the night? You thinking uh, another Bucks win game two tonight? Well, I hope so. Well, I mean, they can't shoot worse than they did with 16.1% from the three-point land as they're a top-five team at shooting from the three-point land in the, in, the, in the league. I don't know. But then on the flip side, you can say there's no way Jimmy Butler plays that bad again. So you could go down that road. We had to kick Nelly out of his chair because we got three heavy hitters in here, baby, ready to bring the heat. When it comes to Broadfest, we got Tim Metcalf. Tim, good morning. How we morning. doing? How you doing, guys? We got Michael Alexander. What's up, Mike? Good morning, Nebo. And Dave, I mean, how many restaurants? Get, like, what can I go we had, we had three restaurants down to two. Uh, <laughs> we got Liliana's. We had Charlie's on Main, which had to close due to COVID. Yeah. And then uh, we got Little John's coming up, which is uh, t- helping to feed people in need and use up grocery access and train military veterans. Okay, so we have a lot of things to cover right now, obviously. Good thing <laughs> we have some time. So Mostly. let's, Tim, I'm looking right at you, my man. And, and it's something that I missed dearly last year was, and I think we all did, obviously, was Broadfest. Yeah. And I don't need to explain why it was everything was closed down and whatnot. But you guys found a way to get her back going. Tell the folks what Broadfest is going to be like this year and how we can all support this wonderful event that you've put on for so many years and uh, help the charities out. Yeah, as you know, every year Broadfest marks the beginning of summer. We've been cooped up all winter long. So this year, you know, with COVID, we weren't sure where we were going to be, so we came up with this idea of build your own Broadfest. We called all the restaurants in town and said, hey, guys, what about hosting Broadfest at your restaurants? And everybody raised their hands. So we got 180 restaurants throughout Dane County. We got bowling alleys. We got the golf courses. We got VFWs all across town. They're hosting Broadfest. They're selling brats at $3. And so we got 180 different locations, and of that 180, we got over 100 live performances put on by Michael Alexander, not just him, but we got 180 locations, which is awesome. So Broadfest might not be happening on Willow Island this year, but it's happening at a participating location near you. And then we got live music. So we're really excited. So I want to, I want to pick obviously Michael's brain coming up and Dave's real quick on you, Tim. Um, from where you guys were last year to what was it like in the brainstorming meeting? Like, what was it like for you guys to be like, what can we do to make sure we have this again? Was it everyone sit down and get to the table and start brainstorming ideas? Or how did it all, like, how'd you do it? 
Well, uh, I, I, I to be honest with you, this is this is like one, I mean, I, I run grocery stores, so you know, um, and, very, very well, by yeah, the way. Those are some beautiful grocery stores. Um, but uh, I have a gentleman that works for us. His name is Jeff Schrader, and he is phenomenal. You know, so about six months ago, we're in like the middle of COVID. We don't know what's happening in May. We don't know what it's going to be like. And Jeff was just kind of brainstorming by himself, and he'd come in and say, hey, what do you think about this? And when he came up with the idea of, hey, let's take Broadfest and take it out into the neighborhoods, we're going to have it this year. You know, they can do the social distancing in their restaurants. We'll support them. We'll bring in live music. We'll support the performers. And I said, let's go. So that's it was, awesome. It's all Jeff Schrader. Well, that's good on Jeff and yeah. good on you, obviously, as well. So um, then we'll go to Michael over here. So, yeah. Michael, when it comes to the live music, and don't worry, Tim, we'll come back to you, brother. When it comes to the live music stuff, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, booking yeah. all kinds of bands. You're a performer yourself, a damn good one. So when it comes to... Well, no, a damn good one. <laughs> as far as we know, I'm still good. So, Michael, usually, usually we're on Willow Island. And you're getting all the, you know, like hurting cats on the Willow Island, right? What's it like this year for you then of getting hurt and everyone here to everywhere? So it's a lot more complicated. <laughs> yeah, I would think. But, like, um, you know, because um, instead of having it, you know, after 15 years, I kind of have a, a good handle on what Bratfest is you know and how to run it and you know how do we do the schedule how do we keep everything organized uh we have 180 places that are doing food but we have around 30 places that are doing music uh-huh. and some of them are doing music three days and six or seven artists a day you know so if you start multiplying you know you got 20 artists at each venue uh and then you start trying to put calendars and then some people are playing three four times i'm playing my head's uh, already spinning you know so it starts to get really really wonky you know um but the the good news is is that everybody has uh stepped up to the plate and all of the local and regional artists are all playing for free. Yeah, that's awesome. The whole concept is, hey, if the restaurants and the bars, if we can't keep them going, we're not going to have a place to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and so make sure you go out, tip them, tip your servers, tip it, tip. Uh, you know, <clears throat> make sure you go out, uh, buy a brat, uh, tip the musicians. We have a lot of, um, we have a handful of national people coming up. Yeah. Um, so we have Derek Jones, uh, outlaw country guy. Uh, he's on tour with Billy Ray's band. He's toured with Billy Ray for years. Uh, they'll be at the Breakwater on Sunday with myself. Uh, Beautiful Shanchel. spot. Yeah, Breakwater is so yeah. cool. Uh, we'll be there on Sunday um, with Rick Monroe. Um, it's just beautiful lineup. Uh, Carbon 4. Yeah. I know you uh, yep. You like Carbon 4 just like I do. Zach is having music on Friday. Uh, I'll be kicking off uh, the event out there. Sean Shell and I are doing a duet. Um, Christy Krause is up uh, back oh, from Oh, I know Nashville. Christy. Yeah, she's yep, really Christy's good. playing three different shows. Um, we have a big uh, tent out at um, Quivy's Grove on Saturday, a big tent at uh, Beef Butter Barbecue on Saturday. Mars Hall will be... At Are you guys at beef, Camp Beef Butter Barbecue, or is, uh, no, it, the, this, is it the in the this the will north be side? actually in the parking lot? Okay, not far from me. Cool. Yeah, because when I talked yeah. to him, uh, <laughs> I we talked through that, and I went out to Camp Beef Butter. Yeah, uh, which I will be playing there this summer. Hell yeah, um, I'll be out there. So we went out to uh, Camp Beef Butter, and I like it, but I wanted to drive traffic yeah, to his to the, restaurant. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Did you have something you want me to? Do? I just Beth Keeley. Oh, Beth Keeley will be uh, in uh, out in Sun Prairie on Monday. Yeah. 
at look at this look at this he's got 180 yeah, locations <laughs> uh, to go them all. it's like a rolodex <laughs> in his head <laughs> she's at that beautiful steakhouse out in uh some prairie hmm, that i can't think of it uh go to www.bratfest.com that's where i am right now there's so many it's like hard to it's, it's all alphabetical so there you go and then dave we turn our attention to you now so dave uh, tell us tell us what you know lily ann's and little john's everything that's all cool like just give us a little rundown of what Dave's going on. How was COVID for you through all the restaurant business to where we are now? Oh, COVID's been great. Oh, it's been the best. Oh, man, I can't wait till COVID-2 hits. Yeah. Man, like, Let's go. No, it's COVID-20. It's COVID-20. So, unfortunately, you guys obviously had to... Charlie's Domain was closed yeah. down, unfortunately. That, but, was, that was a casualty. We lost her. So, all my businesses were named after my kids. Liliana's yeah. after my firstborn. Charlie's after my second. And our newest venture is Little John's, named after my youngest. Um, and Little John's is what we're, we've been really excited about lately. It's taken off a lot. It's a lot of it is thanks to Tim. Well, this um, concept is awesome. Yes. Yeah, so we take grocery excess and we feed people in need. We train military veterans how to cook. Um, and we've rescued over 38 tons of food just wow. since October. Um, and tons? Tons. Tons. And we fed over 140,000 meals out in that's just since October. incredible. And that's one of the reasons why my dining room isn't open is because it's been taken over by Little John. <laughs> so we're finally moving that out. We're going to open our dining room on June 15th. But the thing I'm really excited about is with Broadfest, um, not only can you come to Liliana's Memorial Day weekend and get the traditional brat, but all the chefs get to put their creative input into a place, into a dish at their place. So I'm doing one that is not only the brat, but it also has andouille sausage oh. and peppers and onions and hot sauce, sriracha aioli all on top. It is so darn good. Well, so I wanted it's nice to steal to your recipe. My, my chefiness into it as well. I wanted to be like, hey, could I steal a recipe from you? Or yeah, two you don't need I the come... recipe. Just come and get it. Just okay. Come even better. Even come better. Eat it in the flash. I'll even make one with you. I'll even show you how I make it. Um, okay, I'll be there. Done. Done. So, Dave, is that uh, mac and cheese from Charlie's on Main? Is that coming over to Lily? It is. I oh, love that. So, and actually, we switch it up. We're using uh, one of our dear friends, Dan Fox's bacon. So, heritage oh, yeah. bacon I, is now coming in. I just saw Dan well, the, so. the, 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 the last week. Yeah. 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 So, we're going to have heritage bacon, black truffle. Uh, macaroni, and uh, well, we're actually using oracate, and it's gonna be so good. Where's the guy get truffle? Where do you get truffles? Uh, so is you need to find a pig and oh, have yeah. them dig it up for you. You gotta go scoot around. Actually, just is there so truffle you know, in Wisconsin? you can't uh, use pigs anymore. So the reason why pigs found truffles, fun fact, the reason why pigs found truffle is because the smell smells like the pheromone they give off when they're in heat. So really? the pigs would go crazy Who knew? trying to find them. I had no and idea. They would, they would eat all the truffles, and so now they have to use dogs because the pigs ate all the truffles because they went crazy <laughs> well, smelling how them. How much is it like a, what's what's like a poundage worth of truffles? Oh, you never buy a whole pound. Well, that's just crazy like a dogs. king's ransom, right? Yeah, like, it's it's a lot. You know, you're looking at, you know, around 180 <laughs> an ounce. It's like, it's like drug prices. Not that we know what drug prices are. Not that we know what drug prices are. Last time I bought the crack cocaine, it wasn't that much. <laughs> so we should get in the truffle business then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's also way I more illegal than I think crack dogs, cocaine, Michael Alexander. I think, those, <laughs> I think those dogs could sniff up both of those things. All right, so how about this transition? So, Tim, when it comes to... We'll, we'll, we'll go... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go back to Little John's here. How, did he? Did Dave come to you to be like, yo, I got this idea? Um, and obviously with the grocery store uh, that Metcalf's is, you guys obviously have food that, you know, not everyone's going to be eating. Did he come to you and be like, oh, dude, I got a perfect idea. And you're like, here, take, here's food. Let's feed people. Yeah, he actually did. We walked through the store. Uh, we went through the produce department. I showed him the bins that we were using. We walked by the, the seafood department. Typically, when it comes to proteins, you know, um, 
you know, breads and that type of stuff go to pantries and stuff like that. But he, we walked through the store, we went to the seafood department, the meat department, and usually that stuff we don't donate because we want to make sure that it gets consumed like the next day. Correct. Yeah. And Dave, what he does is he actually cooks it that day. So it's been really a, a great partnership for us. Uh, and and we're just really so happy to have them. Well, and part of it is, like, I don't think people realize, I mean, I think people know, but I don't think people realize just how good Medcalf's meat department is. Oh, really, it's phenomenal. Really the good. thing that's so amazing, I didn't even know this until I started doing the excess. One of the reasons why there's so much meat excess there is because of how much pride they take in their product. So from when they grind your burger meat at Metcalf's, it's only in their case for 24 hours and wow. there it's gone. Period. Period. There's yeah. no over 24 hours. So it means you're getting fresher burger meat at Metcalf's when you buy it than you can get at any restaurant in town. That's so wild. Like, the food we're cooking for people is not garbage. It's no. day-old ground beef yeah. that we're making into food access for people. And the farms and the people that Tim sourcing are some of the best meat you can buy. Yeah. So it's it's incredible to be able to have a, an end product for it. So and how many people have you guys fed? 38 tons? Of food, 140,000 meals have gone out into the communities just since October. And it's just four real hungry guys. It's actually just Michael Alexander. He's just, yeah, he's just like, he's like, hey man, I haven't had music. There's, I haven't been able to book any bands for a year. I need some food. <laughs> so Tim, we also, we also train military veterans. We have a six-month paid training program for them that Metcalf so is awesome. really in, involved with and. Speaking of veterans, you've got something happening on Monday, too. Yeah, right? tell us more. Yeah, Memorial, uh, with, Memorial yeah, Day weekend. With Bratfest, uh, Bill Drone Bratfest, we've got a couple of events. We've got a car show out at Ale Asylum on Sunday. So it's, uh, it's uh, uh, cars carrying kids. And then we also have the Wall of Faces, which is going to be at the Veterans Museum downtown Madison. And I think it's all weekend, but let, let's say for sure on Monday. Yeah. Uh, and what that is is it's the Faces of the Fallen. So all the Wisconsin sh- soldiers that we've lost or, over the years is well, there'll be a picture of them there. So just a, another reminder for all of us, you know, let's have a great time at Bratfest this week, you know, this coming weekend. Have a brat, get your family out there, listen to some live music, support these restaurants. But mm-hmm. then when we get to Monday, just remember what this weekend is about. All about it's about r- remembering and honoring the fallen. Yes. So anyway, th- there's just a couple of things going on, but we're really super excited about uh, Bratfest this year. Uh, we're going to raise a little bit of money for the Bratfest charities, and we're going to get um, support our community. And hopefully, we'll just have some great. Tim, weather. I feel like if I'd ask for your shirt right now, you give it to me. I, I mean, would. You, you got the Bratfest going on. I you would. got Little John's going on, helping everyone out. I mean, what an inspiration to give back to the community. Well done on you, man. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And I know last year was a struggle, obviously, but this year we're going to freaking rock it, dude. Yeah. And speaking of rocking, one more from you, Mike. Where are we going to get? Um, Obviously, we can go to we can go to Broadfest website, Broadfest.com. But how about you specifically? Where are you going to be playing uh, all throughout this weekend? So um, Friday morning, uh, we'll do a live stream. It'll be myself, Neil Middleton from Royal Bliss, and Rick Monroe. Uh, we're in a band called The Brotherhood. We'll be out at Zen Dogs doing a, a live thing only for the dogs, but you can get it online. Yeah. And then Friday, uh, we'll be at Carbon 4. Uh, so Or I'll be at Carbon 4. Awesome. Uh, Saturday, I will be at... Uh, Yahara Bay Distillery at 1 o'clock. Then I will be at Quibi's Grove, I believe, at 6 o'clock. And then on Sunday, I'll be at Breakwater. You better get some uh, so, some clear throat tea there or something. <laughs> some throat coat tea, I should say. And, and then, then on the uh, seventh day, he rested. And, and, and Beth Keeley will be at Johnny's Italian on Monday. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> All right, so if, if anyone else has had spinning like I am, Brockfest.com and day before we let you go, uh, tell the folks where they can, you know, what, you know Liliana's and everything going that you got going on. 
on as well, just to reaffirm everything. Yeah, yeah. Liliana's will be open. So we're unfortunately not open on Sundays and Mondays, but Friday and Saturday, we're going to be doing our broadfest thing hard. So definitely come out and support. And if you're interested in supporting Little John's, you can just go to littlejohnskitchens.org and you can find out everything about what we do. So when you first, real quick, and I wanted to ask you when I saw you in person again, when you first thought of an idea of like, doing this were, were people calling you crazy we're like what are you well they they still are um, <laughs> no i think i think it's important you know if you look at any system like food pantries are great soup kitchens are great but they've all been doing the same thing i think if you don't find a way to innovate and change things up you can never expect to fix a problem right yeah. so that's our whole goal with little john's is how do we innovate and create to make a difference um and we're actually looking there's so much stuff man i'd love to chat with you more i know yeah. we've taken up so much of your time but it is well, it is I would, super exciting i would cool. love to chat more with you about it because it's something i love to cook and i i mean hell you're a hell of a cook i've been going to liliana's for a long time me too so i go there every <laughs> day every day. So, so we'll talk day. later but dave yes michael tim broadfest this weekend all details broadfest.com it's uh it's a lot to take in, but what a task, a Herculean task that was meant for Tim to take on, and you're crushing it, dude. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for yeah, your time. Appreciate you having us. All thank right, you. anytime. Yeah.